This show is for the sales leader who knows they have a pivotal role in driving outstanding sales results. Getting hired or promoted to manage a sales team is a big accomplishment, but you know you have to work hard to become a great sales leader. You are listening to the Divine Comedy of Sales podcast. Here's your host, coach and advisor to elite sales leaders from around the world, Matt McDarvey. So I'm really excited to have our next guest on this episode of the Divine Comedy of Sales podcast. With us today is Edward Eddie Geisel. So Ed, Eddie has sold and led in several industries, pharma, carbon fiber systems, engineering, mining technology, a range of engineered technology and solutions. The list goes on. He's also served as a trade and investment representative for the states of Arizona and Queensland in Australia. And he is the founder of Prana Global, a sales consultancy and leadership development firm that I work very closely with. He's a, a, a friend, longtime client, and now a partner of mine. Please welcome Eddie Geisel. Eddie, welcome to the show. Hi, Matt. Thanks a lot. So, good, so great to have you. So, you know, we talk a lot, and I'm going to ask you some questions today that maybe I haven't asked you before. They're going to go deep into how you think about sales and leading people. So let's just dive right in. My first question is, you've got a lot of experience leading teams, leading salespeople in particular. What's the most important lesson you've learned about leading a sales team? Thanks, Matt. And, that, and that's a great question. You know, probably the most important thing I've learned as a sales leader is you have to have very clear leader's intent before you can get any performance out of your sales team. What that means is you have to connect with the purpose of the people that you're working with. You have to have clarity in the vision and the direction that you're going. And essentially, in order to accomplish anything, you have to be clear with your team about what it is that you want to accomplish. And I remember early in my, in my sales career uh, as a sales leader, spending a lot of time creating goals and you know, these are the KPIs that we need to accomplish over a certain amount of time and really drove those through my team. And I wasn't getting the success that I that I thought we we should be getting given, you know, given great products, great support. We had a, we, we had everything we needed, but we still weren't getting the sales. And what I realized was that was mostly because the team wasn't connected with what I thought the vision was and should be. And they didn't feel ownership in that. And they also didn't see the value of giving everything that they have as sales professionals into that vision. So that's that's probably one of the the biggest uh, lessons. And, you know, you always say you learn by failing. And I definitely did. I, I learned uh, the hard yeah. way and, and, and made those changes. Yeah, me too. Me too. A lot of hard lessons learned along the way. Now, I've heard of... Um, it's similar to a concept I've heard, and I think it's in military circles, the, the commander's intent, right? It, it's So when you say clear leader's intent, are we talking about, like, is it a document? Is it like, how do you share this leader's intent? How does that, how does that work? It's a good question. You know, everything should be written down at some point, but I, I don't believe that communicating via, via written visions and missions is really effective. I actually think it's a lot more important to sit down with your team and have an open dialogue. And if you understand your team and the team dynamics, you understand what drives individuals within the team and the team as a whole, then you can address the new vision and the strategy, or as you said, the commander's intent 
directly with the team and make a connection. I think it, the, the most important point is to be genuine and to make a connection with the team. Also, commander's intent's important, but there's also the, uh, the how. Because if you tell somebody, you know, this is what we're going to do, and there's no clear pathway to get that done, people may look at you and say, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, but then they're not going to perform. Some people uh, won't perform because uh, they have failure to launch because they don't have that clarity. So you really need to tell them this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is the value to you. And here's how we're going to do it. And get their input because, uh, you know, especially with technology, there's so many new new things coming out every day. If you have a team of millennials or Gen Z who are really in touch with new technology, they may have a different idea that could really bolster that vision that you're trying to get across to them. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of a formula there as I'm, as I'm listening. And you and I talk a lot about expectations setting and we, you know, we have different frameworks, but we're saying roughly the same thing. But, but I maybe here's the formula, right? You've got to have clarity on the leader's intent plus dialogue with the team to ensure understanding. And in that dialogue, and maybe this is where the formula is getting a little messy as I'm saying it, but in that dialogue, we've really got to have a heavy emphasis on the how. Like, how are we expected to do the work? How, what can you expect of me? On and on, right? So, so that's the key for those listening. It's not just a, don't just write out your manifesto about, you know, the leader's intent and what we're trying to achieve and why that's important. Dialogue is required. And especially because we need, the team needs clarity, but you never really know how to define the how for people and what's the right level of detail for individuals until you have that dialogue, right? Exactly. That's why you do it. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Great. No, it's just a, as, as a, a super quick, actionable. Go ahead. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick addition to that. You know, it's that that dialogue is what what builds the trust. And without without trust, people are not going to follow you. And oftentimes. And this is, this is what we always tell people when we're talking about sales coaching. You know, you need to spend time with the customer, be genuinely interested, define uh, the problem. And the problem in, in terms of sales leadership is the why. This is why we're doing certain things. Mm -hmm. And you also have to, again, talk about the how. But if they have any doubts, they need to be able to feel comfortable coming forward with those doubts so that we can mitigate those doubts or risks, as we call it in sales, before we move forward. Because if you push this commander's intent on your team and they have these deep-seated doubts or fears or what have you, those are going to become bottlenecks to the success of the team in the future. So you really need to have that, that uncovering, the, the moment where everybody can talk openly, get it all out, and then once everybody understands and agrees with the how, then you can really uh, perform at high levels. All right. So you've gotten into the business of developing sales teams after having led them yourself, which suggests to me you must love something about it. So what, what is it that you love most about leading salespeople? It's a great question. And I've thought about this a lot. Um, I've been asked this by my sales team. Um, you know, in sales, when you're, when you're selling, um, most really good salespeople are motivated by the the hunt and, you know, whatever you want to call it, the hunt or the kill or, you know, the success of the deal, what it, however you want to look at it. Um, and I was one of those uh, people as well. I was very motivated by, you know, planning a strategy and this is what I'm going to do to reach the, the my target and, and this is how I'm going to build a relationship. Always being genuine along the way. That's really, really important. And then ultimately, when you get that deal, you feel very accomplished. 
Uh, what I found getting into sales leadership is I have even more fulfillment helping other people do that. And what I find, and, and I find this often with younger salespeople now, is, uh, you know, as they're learning the art of selling and they're getting confident in the way that they do it, there's a lot of aha moments where, you know, uh, along the way from coaching and training, they, they realize that the things that you're trying to help them to do better actually work. And when they start to get that success and their confidence raises even higher, um, that's, that's everything to me. So uh, I, I, I guess to answer your question in a summary would be, um, I enjoy developing people to their fullest potential. And when I see them, you know, really hit those high levels, it's nothing feels better. Yeah, I can relate. You know, for those who are listening, who've heard some other episodes, I've had a couple of interview episodes that we released right before Eddie's, uh, before today's conversation, and you're hearing some patterns in the answers. Like one of the big rewards for people and one of the things that people love about leading sales teams is exactly what Eddie's talking about here. It's the, one person said it was the surprise that people feel when they realize how much they've grown, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, right? I, it's, you know, we use different words, but it's the seeing other people's grow and develop and succeed is a bigger reward than it was when we were doing it ourselves, right? I think that's basically what you're saying. So, and there's another, another sort of recurring theme here. We were, you were talking about trust earlier in response to a different question. So what I want people listening is to pick up on, look, these are not scripted conversations. I'm not telling you what's, you know, what to say or what's important to leading, but we are hearing patterns. There's definitely themes. You know, do what you can to build trust. Dialogue is important. There's a connection between those two things, right? Helping people get clear on important things. Tons of reward seeing other people develop. Interesting, right? Not surprising either though, when you, when you consider all the models like, you know, spin selling and all the, you know, the, the, the great behavioral models that we refer to, there's a reason we can isolate the behavior or the mindset in this case of how great leaders or great salespeople operate. It's because there are, there are similarities in how you look at the work when I compare you to the other great leaders I've, I've talked to. It's really, really kind of neat. Anyway, Enough about that. Um, there's a flip side to this, right? There's a flip side to this because it's a rewarding job in many ways, but it's not easy. What have you found to be the most challenging part of leading salespeople? You know, that's uh, <laughs> something I think about a lot. And um, because I get so much fulfillment out of, out of you know, helping people find their, their optimal level of performance in sales, I'm always looking for a better way to reach people and to connect with people and motivate people. And what I'm finding is, you know, people who who are from my generation, you know, we grew up the same way. There's certain expectations in the way that you communicate and 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 certain certain things that I guess just people just do from generation to generation. So, you know, I I I didn't used to have problems with communicating and getting that commander's intent across and, you know, getting people to see the value and what we're trying to do, the, the bigger picture, the goal. And what I've found in the last, you know, in the last five or so years is there's a lot more 
younger generation coming into the sales force and they bring a new exuberance and an energy and different perspectives, which is amazing. Uh, their use of technology and, and how we could leverage technology and, you know, the way that we sell, I think is, is a huge asset to the, the sales profession. But what I've also been challenged with is they, they also communicate differently. So I have to realize that and yeah. change my approach. And that's been the biggest challenge lately is, you know, how do I change my approach with different types or groups of people so that I can maintain a, or, and build a level of trust and respect for the whole team while also keeping a focus on the goals and getting the performance that we need. So it's a, it's a little bit of a balancing act where um, you have to be, and, and I'll, I'll use the word genuine over and over because I think it's probably the most yes. important aspect of being a leader. So I am genuinely curious about every one of my team members and, and what motivates them. And so I've had to spend more time really understanding their motivations and you know what their purpose is and where they see themselves in the team so that I can connect and communicate. What I found is when, when I take that time and genuinely communicate with them, they tend to put more time into understanding and acting out on whatever our commander's intent is and you know our strategy and objections. But if I don't, that's where you see some of the younger generation will sometimes tune out and that's not good for the team and it's not good for them and their success either. So I guess to answer your question, it's, it's being diligent and, and looking at your team and how to connect with your team the best possible way. And if you're finding that what you consider to be a standard or a normal mode of communication isn't working, you have to be organic in the way that you communicate. You have to be open to communicating a different way and finding ways to connect. And that's gonna benefit you as a leader. It's gonna benefit the team as a whole and the company. Driving great sales results is hard. Doing it consistently is even harder. There are so many obstacles that can prevent you from becoming the most effective sales leader you can be. Find practical advice you can apply right away by picking up your copy of Matt's book, The Divine Comedy of Sales, at www.divinecomedyofsales.com. So in some of that, I think... Um gathering a few things from what you've said, right? So genuine connection is required, really understanding where these people are coming from, what they want to achieve for themselves. Those were always important practices, right? But you're saying because of the differences in the way these, particularly the younger generations think, it's like magnified. We really, really need to connect on some level with them. So let's go to where they are, right? Try to understand kind of how they're looking at the work. Have you found that there's any, like in the way that they communicate, the way that they gather and share information is quite different. That's one of the things I've experienced. You know, they're digital natives. They just kind of think about gathering information in a completely different way than we might. And now we're all, all of us sort of getting used to the idea of, of AI and chat GPT and kind of a even faster methods of getting information that we need, and it's changing it a lot. Are there any other particular challenges that you found with, you know, leading the other generations that you can call out here? 
and and tell me maybe tell us what you're doing about it. Yes, absolutely. And you know the as you say, digital natives, perfect term. Most of the younger generation, my daughter included, you know, they they do everything via text or Snapchat or or you know these these social platforms. That's just normal, you know, rather than going to somebody's house and sitting down and having a coffee, they'll just send an audio message and they're, they're doing that all day long. Right. And for, for people like me, I, I don't, I, I don't necessarily understand that. I mean, that's just not the way that I communicate, but I do see the value in using those types of platforms, social platforms to communicate from an efficiency standpoint. So there's certain information that can be, you know, sent back and forth uh, without getting on the phone. I think though what, um, and and I'm speaking specifically in terms of sales professionals and and the the art of selling, I think what's happened is the pendulum has, has swung completely from we need to be in front of our customers all the time and you know and building that relationship and doing all of the things we talk about in the in the sales process to well you know what we can just do a lot of things via video chat and emails and you know using these social platforms and what i'm seeing is with a lot of um, especially tech savvy customers the trust in the relationships that we used to focus on and and really try to build are being deteriorated by this technology and by this change to to using a lot of these other platforms in lieu of being in front of somebody and and having that discussion that genuine conversation where you know you can look them in the eye and you can probe into what their problems are and what those, how those problems affect their operation and them as an an individual. That's all lost if you rely only on um, social media platforms and other types of technology to communicate. And I'm seeing that as actually, it's endemic. It's across not just technology, but all sales. And I it's not just me saying that. When I talk to customers, they're very frustrated often that you know, the companies that used to come around and actually, you know, they were trusted advisors, the good ones were trusted uh-huh. advisors with relationships. Uh-huh. They're not coming around anymore. So the trust is being diminished in in people's ability to deliver value and, and, and the relationships as a whole are just not being built like they used to. So I think there's a, a hybrid approach that's probably the the optimal approach, which is yeah. being in front of the customer when you need to be, using that time very effectively to understand them, their motivations, you know, what they're trying to accomplish, all of all of the things we talk about in the sales process. And then use technology when you can, but don't rely on technology as the only mode of communication. And that's one of the bigger challenges back to your earlier question that one of the bigger challenges I have with some of the younger sales professionals is, is getting them to see the value in that, you know, just telling somebody, Hey, you have to get in front of a customer. They're going to say, why I can, I can just send something, you know, a, a different, a different way. And again, that's that, taking the time to explain the value of actually being in front of the customer and and building those relationships and the trust and how all of that will underpin the success of the deal in the future. So when you get to the negotiation stage, you know, if you've got a solid relationship and you really intimately understand your client, you're going to be on a much stronger leg when you negotiate. If you don't, and everything has been this just sending things via the interwebs and social platforms, you get to the negotiation stage and you don't really have a lot to work with. Right, right. Well, and this connects up with something you said earlier, like, is what I, what I infer from what you're saying is we've got to give 
some guidance here. Like, you know, yeah, use the tools where it, where it makes sense to be efficient, but where clarity is required, you got to have a conversation. It's got to be dialogue. You got to talk to people, whether you're physically in person or just doing, you know, what we're doing over a web conference, six of one, half a dozen of the other. But let's give them guidance because if they've grown up operating with tools and using them in a certain way, they haven't a clue how that can harm, that can actually harm relationships right. and, and erode trust, right? And until somebody tells them, they don't know. Right. So, right. That's a good example of the difference between a great leader and somebody who's just sort of average. Like the average leader is going to leave that to chance and assume people will figure that out. The great leader will be like, clearly they haven't figured it out or they have no frame of reference to know what relationship building looks like in a, in a complex sale or in a high stakes sort of an environment. So I have to tell, them, right? Otherwise, who knows what to do. Exactly. In addition, I just wanted to add this. Again, they bring a lot. The, the younger generation brings a lot to the table in terms of understanding technology, and they have ideas for how technology could improve the way individuals and teams work. And what I found is, you know, as I'm trying to help them understand the value of classic selling, which is, you know, the relationship value-based selling, I also want to empower them to teach me and the team the value of the technology and some of the things that they hold dear and important. So if you have somebody who has a really good idea for how to leverage a technology in the team, give them the opportunity to actually teach everybody it. Yeah. You know, first of all, it gives them some leadership experience. It boosts confidence, but it also builds trust. And it's, it's, it's no different than the way that we communicate outside of work right? Where, you know, you, you may give an opinion on something and then somebody has a rebuttal to it. You have to listen and you have to listen genuinely to that. And you have a dialogue. It could be a discourse, but it's a dialogue and there's respect that's built. And I think it's the same in leading a sales team as well. Give people the opportunity to lead and they'll listen to what you're trying to do as well. If it's one-sided, then, you know, usually the leader's not going to get what they want in terms of an outcome from the team. Yeah. Good point. Good point. All right. We have just a couple of minutes left and I'm going to ask you a question that's purposely broad and somewhat vague. And it's definitely a question and I've asked you in a different context um, as coach. And the objective here is I want to see what other nuggets we can grab or another gem or two we can grab from your experience before I let you go. So Eddie, the big question is what else? What else do we need to know? What else do you, you know, do you think people need to know about leading sales teams? Just Fire away. You know, um, uh, it, it may it might not be a what else because I've said it over and over, but I I truly believe that to be an effective sales professional, you have to connect with the customer, and the best way to do that is to genuinely be interested in them. So, and I say that because many people go into a sales call and. You, you know, I, uh, I need to get this information and they go in there almost with this, uh, I don't know how to explain it, sanitized, non-genuine approach and they're firing off questions and it's just very abrasive. Um, that doesn't work. So yeah. as we're trying to build business cases for clients, yeah. we do need to get information, but we're not going to get it if we have this really rigid approach. So what I think really we need to do is get back to, again, the way that we naturally communicate, effectively communicate with each other. 
and go in and be genuinely interested in them. And the way that the way that you can prove genuine interest is do your research on your prospect before you go in there. And, and I mean, go deep, you know, so you've got LinkedIn, they maybe they're writing editorials on a specific subject that they're an expert in, you know, maybe they have contributed to the strategy that's on the web page. Think like a journalist and go in and dig up as much information as you can on them and really try to, with empathy, put yourself in their shoes. What might be motivating to them? What might be problems that they have? How would those problems likely affect them? Put yourself in their position. And then when you go in there and you're asking these questions and you're, you're showing them how much you've learned about them and, and you're doing it in an organic way, that again will build trust, credibility. Whenever you take the focus off of yourself as a salesperson and your products and you put the focus solely on the prospect or the client, it just takes all of the inhibitions away from the client most cases, and allows them to be open with you and give you the information you need to build whatever business proposition or business case that you need for that deal. So that's that to me. And, and, you know, I, I say it all the time. It's just be real, be genuine, put yourself in other people's shoes, communicate with empathy and, and not fake empathy, but real empathy. Um, and you'll be amazed at how doors will open. And you'll be amazed at the information that people give you that's going to help you as you advance the sales opportunity to a negotiation and in the negotiation all the way to close. Yeah. Great. Uh, a great uh, summary and a great sort of capstone on the conversation. I'll just say a couple of quick things and then I'm going to thank you for being with us and summarize some of the great uh, ideas we've heard here. But, you know, I, I think about just to connect something you were just talking about. It's like, let's, we've got to be genuine and reflect genuine interest in others. There's sort of good news and bad news going on in the sales, professional sales world right now, where a lot of people, the good news is a lot of people are talking about discovery and really try to get deep and understand clients' needs. So that's the good news. The bad news is in a lot of organizations, they're trying to take discovery and scale it and make it consistent across the organization. And what they do is they arm their reps or the SDRs with, you know, the 17 discovery questions they must ask, right? And it's, you know, the, the usual, the BAMT and the qualification questions and the it's like, no, well, that's not what we mean by genuine or authentic discovery. Um, so I've had clients over the years ask for, well, can you just give us the questions we need to ask? I'm like, well, no, as a matter of fact, I can't. I'll give you two or three, but the rest has to be driven by your ability to listen and your genuine curiosity. And the last point, and I think this is the thing that unifies all great sellers and great sales leaders is you legitimately have to want to help. That's actually one of the things that I find in all the really, truly great sellers is they have this, I just want to help. But in order for me to do that, there's a bunch of things I have to understand. And that's what drives me to ask questions and listen and be prepared and read the articles and do all those things. So a great what else answer. So I really appreciate your offering. Eddie, this has been awesome. And I really appreciate you spending the last 25 or so minutes with us. I'm going to summarize a few key ideas and put a challenge to those listening to apply some of the things you've shared with us today. So before I do that, just want to say thank you for being with us. Really enjoyed the conversation and uh, thanks for the time. Yeah, Matt, thank you. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity and uh, thanks for all that you do for the sales professionals out there. So appreciate it. So I want to thank Eddie Geisel again. Great conversation. I'm so glad he was able to join. And you know, we did hear some common themes 
when you compare it to other conversations I've had with other sales leaders, you know, things like we get fulfillment seeing others succeed and learn, right? That's one of the best parts, one of the things that Eddie loves about the role. I know we've heard that from other leaders who've been on on the show. But he said something at the very beginning of the conversation I think is really important, and I want to use his language. Specifically, when I asked him, what's the big lesson you've learned, right, about leading salespeople? He said, you have to have clear leader's intent or a clear statement of leader's intent. But he didn't stop there. He went further to say, and you have to have dialogue with people about it. So that's a really important lesson. So for those of you in leadership roles today or who aspire to sales leadership, we've got to be really crystal clear with people on our teams about our intent, what we want to achieve, why that matters. But what Eddie said was, there's got to be dialogue with people on our team so that we can meet them where they are, especially on how, right? How to meet our expectations, how to address our intent and do the job the way it needs to be done. So I thought that was really, really wise, really smart. He said a few other things, and I'm sort of jumping around here in terms of what he said, but one of the things he said later in the conversation was when he was talking about connecting with customers, it also connected with something he said earlier about connecting with people on your team. He said, genuinely be interested in them. Again, very similar to something we've heard from other leaders, that the leaders who are really great at connecting with people on their teams and who are able to build trust and continually build trust over time are the ones who are genuinely interested in their people or in their customers, right? And who go out of their way to demonstrate that interest. How do they do it? Dialogue. They ask questions. They're interested in what the other is trying to achieve, right? So Eddie said, dialogue creates trust, which I 1000% agree with. But he also said, when you're in dialogue with people, whether they're customers or people on your own team, he said, don't try to push past the doubts, address them. And leaders, how many of us have faced situations where we're laying out our intent, what we're trying to achieve, and we look into the eyes of the people that we lead and we know that they have doubts? Well, don't just, don't just push past that, Eddie was saying, right? Have discussion, be open, try to understand why people would have questions or concerns or doubts and address them head on. Why? that's what great leaders do. You know, Eddie's also done a lot of research into connecting with younger generations. Uh, he and I are both are of an age where that's important. So many salespeople today and leaders are from an, a new generation. And we've always had the task of genuinely connecting with our people, but he had some really great ideas about how to really genuinely connect and communicate with people that are from a different generation. In a nutshell, Meet them where they are, right? If they seek information differently, if they learn differently, if they communicate differently, it's your responsibility as a leader to really understand that and not let those things be barriers, but instead put the effort in and demonstrate interest, enough interest to show that you want to connect with them. So look, Eddie's a pro. He's been doing this a long time. It's why I'm partnered with him, why we work together on client work. And I'm so thrilled that he was able to offer uh, some of his wisdom and in our next episode, we're going to hear from another highly effective, virtuous sales leader who's going to share some insights with you on 
how to lead like the best. Until then, this is Matt McDarby, host and author of The Divine Comedy of Sales. Thank you so much for joining. Bye-bye for now.